What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, hope you alive. Uh, got a little bit of rest last night, you know. Uh, took a break from the election nonsense and wound down before going to bed, you know. Uh-huh. Well, it's nice you actually got some sleep. I, I got a little bit more sleep last night myself, and I felt a little bit better today. But, um, I mean, I'm sure we got plenty to talk about with election crap today, again, because they're still holding it. It's not moving. And... Uh, they're just seeing how many how many more they need to get in there, right, to make it look to make it look like it's a it's a landslide in the other way, but it's it's not it's not. Uh, it's funny because Trump hasn't moved at all. It's like they they froze it, they stopped the counting, they froze it, and then that's as far as they went with it, and it hasn't moved at all. Even though he's won states since then, they just haven't uh, yeah. called it for him. They haven't called it. Anymore. And yeah. they're they're willing to call. Like ninety nine percent of the votes are done in like Georgia, right? Or counting. They're they're mostly done in Georgia. Trump's winning. They won't call it for Georgia, but Arizona, which only has eighty eight percent of the votes done, they're already calling it for Biden. So well, they called it with like twenty five percent. Right. Yeah. Fox News did. Yeah. But since they've re you know stepped back and redone it, that it's it. 88%. And right. by the way, it's also believed he's going to win. Trump is going to win by 30,000 votes roughly. So, mm-hmm. but they, they went ahead and called it. And they won't call Nevada. They won't call North Carolina has been a hundred percent for the last almost two days now. They haven't called it. Yeah. And it's red. I mean, Pennsylvania's red. North Carolina's red. Georgia's red, but they're not calling them. No. And of course, you know, we've got the, uh, the, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of ballots that have just magically appeared at like two or three or four o'clock in the morning in, uh, in Michigan. And what's actually happened in Detroit today, they're, they've padlocked the, uh, the building. You, you can't get in yeah. at yeah. all. And they've boarded up the windows so you can't see what's going on. So yeah, well, um, free, free and fair, right? Free and free and fair. Yeah, it's free and fair. But I mean, there's, there's other things. So there's other I don't know, uh, bills or, or there was other things on the ballots that haven't really been talked about as much because, you know, obviously the, the presidential election is kind of on everybody's um, uh, thinking, if you will, because the media, we have to gin up the hysteria and whatnot. Well, California, uh, I think we talked about this a little bit when, when it was proposed. Proposition 16, which was that proposition was to abolish affirmative mm-hmm. action. So it mm-hmm. would legalize uh, racial discrimination, gender discrimination, any any discrimination. It would legalize it and allow you to do it. Um, now, inherently, I'm not against it. Right. Or, you know, I, I want everything to be judged by merit, not by, you know, I, I have to have so many, um, you know, minority people on my staff or what have you. Right. Yeah. I, I don't like that because I would rather hire based on merit. However, having and California come out in the middle of cancel system. culture. Right. That's our system. But having California in the middle of cancel culture, in the middle of going Marxist and some of the BS they're pulling to say, oh, we want to abolish affirmative action. Uh, hold on. Wait a minute. You've been assaulting the um, what, what, what does uh, BLM call it? The um, uh, white 
colonial what 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 is it uh nuclear family or whatever however the, they word it the western prescribed nuclear the west, family that's what it is western prescribed nuclear family since you guys have been assaulting that so much lately um and the idea of a i don't know a heterosexual relationship um you're you're it's frowned upon in california apparently it seems like i'm kind of against removing affirmative action now I would rather you not have that ability. I mean, but that was shot have, down. They're, when you have yeah. leaders that of of a of a social organization that come out and and say stuff um, like myself this, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, uh-huh. We uh, are trained Marxists. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, see, now th- nothing says equality more than that, Bruce. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like Marxists use race or anything, you know, as a no, no, of course not. Wedge or course anything. Not. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, identity mm-hmm. politics has never been uh, a, no. a tool of division or anything like that. No, no, not, not, no. At all. not at all. No. So Prop 16 uh, failed. So that one failed. Uh, so the Californians basically said, yeah, we're not we're not racist. So uh, that's uh, that's good. Um, Oregon. And some other states, but Oregon decriminalized drug possession. So if you have a small quantity of drugs on you, basically personal use uh, levels, um, you won't go to jail and whatnot for that. It's decriminalized. So heroin, ah, no problem. Uh, Crack cocaine, hey, you're good. How about uh, meth? Yeah, you're good. You got to have something out there to keep keep the mobs fueled up, right? Through the revolution, comrade. Yeah? yeah, I mean it, that, that's what they have to. That's what they have to to live on in uh, in their parents' base. I mean, out there in the streets fighting for social justice. I'm sorry. Right, right. But then you also had um, New Jersey, Arizona, um, South Dakota, I believe. Uh, no, uh, South Dakota was uh, medical marijuana, but uh, New Jersey and Arizona both legalized marijuana. Okay. Well, here's the thing on marijuana. I, I'm six to one, half a dozen the other on it. I, I look at it because I, I understand, and I've made the, the points here several times before. I, I understand the the side of it as far as uh, medical, right? I, I get it. It, it has medicinal properties and things. I, I understand. Yeah. But it's also the other part of it. And that is the, the, the narcotic side of it as far as um, getting you into other drugs. Now, I, I've arrested many drug users before. And they've all told me the same thing because I've all asked them the same question. I said, how did you start? How did you start? How did you get into heroin? How did you get into meth? How did you get into cocaine? And they've all said the same thing. I said it started with marijuana. They all seem to say the same thing. You ask any drug addict in any rehab facility where they started, that's what they're going to tell you. So I'm for the decriminalization in a medical sense. But these idiots just want to smoke it to get high. That's all they want to do with it. We live in an age where we can genetically alter things, right? We can go in and we can remove certain genes and certain attributes and certain characteristics. We, we can do this now. If you want to really use this uh, substance as a, a medical treatment or something, then let's engineer as much of the tetrahydrocannabinol out of it as we can get the THC, the hallucinogenic. Let's get rid of that. You put them in pharmaceutical form. You sell them at pharmacies as medicines. And that's the end of the argument. That's the end of the argument. They don't fight for that. You'll never hear them fight for that because they want to smoke it to get high. That's why they want it. Well, and you also won't hear them fight for that because that's part of what makes it a a good painkiller is the the combination there. Uh, So 
it, it needs that in there to be effective, unfortunately. But uh, Mississippi and Montana has measures to legalize marijuana. It looks like Montana is actually, okay, so Mississippi wants to medicalize it, right? Medical. Montana wants recreational, uh, but it's said it's a legal age to 21. And I, I think that's a, you know, that, that, all right, that's same same area as alcohol. Alcohol, honestly, is in the short term more dangerous than marijuana, right? In the short term. So I don't know. I'm Here's my thing. I, I, I have a libertarian leaning on this. And I, I don't want drugs to be criminalized, right? If you want to do drugs in your own home, ab at it, you know, suit yourself. Um, the problem I have is our society's morals and self-discipline is almost non-existent. So a society that has no morals and no self-discipline having access to illicit drugs um, but yeah, that's a problem. Honestly, I don't even think it's illicit. I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you and, and because people just can't behave. But I don't even think it's so much it's illicit drugs. It's just the substance in general. Americans can't behave. Like, we, we can't behave. And, and my case in point is, is if you give them just a little bit of leeway on something, if you give them just a little bit of freedom, for example, a festival or something, drinking out in the streets, it's going to turn into a nightmare. Look at Mardi Gras. People can't behave. They can't behave. Uh, a, a football game, tailgating stuff. I mean, people just cannot behave themselves. They're always throwing up out there in the streets. They're urinating in public. They're getting into fights. Uh, they're starting trouble. They're vandalizing things. People can't behave when you give them just a little bit, just a little bit. And I'm not talking about drugs here. I'm talking about just alcohol. Well, alcohol is a drug, but just just a little bit of drinking in public. They still can't behave. So I, I think it's a it, it's a it's a morality problem. It's a cultural problem as opposed to giving them a, a sense of, of responsibility, which clearly they don't have to begin with. So I think it starts with with allowing someone to develop a sense of responsibility. Once they've developed that sense of responsibility, then you can relax on that other stuff. But you have to develop the culture of responsibility. And we clearly don't have a culture of responsibility in the U.S. It's not there. Certainly not there. Well, because I would say we do because the ones that are responsible don't cause problems. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, we do have a lot of responsible alcoholics. Not really alcoholics, but you get what I mean. They they, say, they can drink alcohol. Responsible alcoholics, really? Well, I mean, there there are some responsible alcoholics. They're recovering. You you never stop being an alcoholic once you're an alcoholic. You're you're always one just True. recovering, if you will. So uh, I mean, there is that. But I, really, what I meant is just people that drink alcohol. We have responsible ones. I mean, you can you know they they work their nine to five or whatever. And they have a family and so on and so forth and can enjoy, you know, a glass of wine or beer, or whatever, and not go out and riot and or, you know, um, gallivant around at the uh, Mardi Gras, for example. You know, speaking of uh, propositions and things on ballots and all that stuff, as, as far as changing things and restricting things, adding things. Do you know that when we started the COVID-19 restrictions in the U.S., did, did you know that there was a restriction put on restaurants on takeaway containers? Did you know that? Restrictions on takeaway containers, as in like what like, type of there was container? A, like, no, 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 the- no. No, 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 no. As in the maybe not the containers themselves, but they were they were required to do takeaways. So they had oh. to put everything in a container to take uh-huh. the stuff out. Well, hear me on this one. New Jersey has banned single use foam containers and they have restrictions on how businesses can operate for takeaway services. So now you can't use those containers. So what for, do you use instead? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you use uh, like n- like, for example, <laughs> I know Red Lobster and like they use plastic. Right. Right. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. So New Jersey has, I'm completely in the dark on this one. New Jersey has officially banned single-use bags. So you can't use bags anymore. Single-use bags and foam containers. But see, the ban doesn't take, a, doesn't take effect for another year and a half. So it starts in 2022. Governor Phil Murphy on Wednesday signed, signed a bill into law that prohibits single-use plastic and paper bags and disposable food containers and cups made out of polystyrene foam as of May 2022. It, it doesn't take effect until 2022. Correct. When is his re-election up? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it just after? Is it going to take effect just Probably. after the election for him? Is what Probably. it sounds like. Probably. Plastic bags are one of the most problematic forms of garbage, leading to millions of discarded bags that stream annually into our landfills, rivers, and oceans. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. But there's also a problem with other countries that are, are terrible with that. Far worse than yes. what we do. China. But <clears throat> China. But there, there's a catch with... COVID-19 and being concerned about the spread and everything, uh, disposable stuff. Like literally we were told not to use the reusable uh, bags for going to the grocery store because COVID-19. And now we're expected to not use single use stuff anymore because. Well, see, Bruce, this, this is not a, this is not about COVID-19. This is about climate change. So, that, I mean, that, that's clearly that's the bigger issue here. Uh, with today's historic bill signing, we are addressing the problem of plastic pollution head on with solutions that will help mitigate climate change and strengthen our environment for future generations. So, see, it's not about COVID-19. Now, you, see, there's a there's a more pressing issue here when it comes to your business, Bruce, and that's climate change. It's not COVID-19. It's climate change. So we're going to dictate what businesses can and can't do like China. Yes. And see, that's, that's stakeholder capitalism, Bruce. It's what's coming. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yes. Right. Single use plastic straws will be available upon request starting in November of 2021. So are, does that mean they're going to hand out? Um, you're not going to get straws, I guess. I, I guess not. The whole purpose of using a straw is for sanitary reasons. So that you're not right. touching the rim of the glass that the, your, your waiter or waitress possibly touched delivering it to you. Yeah, but see, Bruce, again, as I said, the, the, the more pressing issue here is climate change. Right. OK, so people dying immediately is less pressing than a little bit of well, water see, in 100 we're, years. We're also we're, we're also impacted. See, when, but see, if you die, though, Bruce, then that that lessens your carbon footprint, you see. So that also affects climate change. Well, actually, it would increase it because then you have the the your your body decaying, the decaying process. Of, well, no, see, so you just so. yeah, you, you just throw it in a blast furnace. I mean, really, it's just small thing, really. Yes, yeah, so get it all out. Yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah. Republicans and industry groups oppose the ban, saying that it will hurt small businesses that are already reeling from the pandemic. Gee, you think? Environmental groups praise the law. The New Jersey Sierra Club director called it a major environmental victory. So New Jersey now joins eight states to ban plastic bags, while some states impose a fee on paper bags. And, and Hawaii, you can recycle all this stuff. Why don't you just put that money into recycling programs? And Hawaii has a de facto ban on bags with less than 40% recycled material. New Jersey lawmakers say it's the first state with a paper bag ban. Okay, Hawaii, I can understand. I, I can understand Hawaii. You're on an island. You're kind of surrounded. You're a little bit limited as to what you can do down there. So I get it. But a mainland state? No, no, I don't quite see it. All right. Uh, space news. Yeah. You, you want to say something else on that? No, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, my mind was um, drifting and I was thinking about uh, uh, the, the whole COVID lockdowns and oh, God, China. Anyway, all right. So. We're gonna, I tell you what, we're going to talk about some COVID stuff today. I, I got a big article that's out of uh, out of that's coming out of Germany here about uh, a group of doctors, lawyers and scientists that are putting a coalition together to take on these government scum that are locking society down. So I, I want to talk about that today. It's going to take a little bit, but uh, I want to talk about it later on this afternoon. Yeah, uh, I think 
I'm trying to remember one of the other things I was thinking about is just the whole, oh, this is what I was thinking about. Uh, we were talking about getting rid of not using disposables, you know, the, the single use stuff, uh-huh. the, the expenses that's going to put on the restaurants and whatnot. That means your food that you buy from those restaurants is going to be more expensive because they have to pay for that yes. recyclable plastic container. All right, let's jump over to some space news. Scientists find an extreme planet with rock rain and lava oceans. Doesn't sound like a place you'd want to spend your vacation, I don't think, or your holiday. Uh, But if you thought living on Earth in 2020 was comparable to hell... Uh, here's another one of these long explanations for a uh, for an assignment for, by NASA. Planet K2-141b is here to prove you wrong. So what have they found with this planet, other than the fact that it looks like it's just pure hell? So so basically what you're talking about here is a demon planet from Star Trek, more or less. That's what it sounds like. It says a scorching hot planet hundreds of light years away. Oceans are made of molten lava. Winds reach supersonic speeds and the rain is made of rocks. That's they, they call it. The scientists have referred to the bizarre hellish exoplanet as the most extreme ever discovered. Yeah, sounds like it. So so basically, this planet sounds like uh, the Tholian homeworld from Star Trek, the silicon based life form. You lost me on that one. I, I don't recall that. You one. don't remember the Tholians? Yeah. OK. No. Yeah. They're silicon based life form that looks like crystalline guys. Yeah. No, I don't recall that. Uh, but it says here that um, the New York University and the Indian Institute of Science and Education have uncovered the details of the newest lo- one of the newest lava planets, a world that is so close that so closely orbits its host star that it's mostly composed of flowing lava oceans. Well, that's wor- that's closer than Mercury. Has to be. Scientists have found the app. What's that? What was the distance again? I uh, uh, don't know. Wait, you were saying the distance it was closer to theirs to its sun. It than says. Ours. Is that what you? Were- it said. Well, Sorry, no, it says that yeah, this undiscovered one of the newest uh, lava plants, a world that is that so closely orbits its host star that it's composed of flowing lava oceans. OK, yeah. So it would be it would be a lot closer than Mercury because Mercury is only really close enough to to burn off the atmosphere and mm-hmm. uh, evaporate water and whatnot. It's not really close enough to to turn everything molten. Scientists found the atmosphere and weather cycle of the planet to be particularly bizarre. The Earth-sized exoplanet... It's the size of Earth? My God. The Earth-sized exoplanet appears to have a surface, ocean, and atmosphere all made of the same ingredients. Rock. The the study is the first to make predictions about weather conditions on the planet that can be detected from hundreds of light years away with the next generation of telescopes, such as the James Webb Space Telescope. And I'm curious to know what kind of a look they're going to get at that thing with this new 3200 megapixel, whatever it is, or 32,000 megapixel or whatever it was. Yeah, that, that'll be, yeah, that's a good point. We might actually be able to see the little pixel that it, it takes up. <laughs> it says here that while analyzing the planet's illumination pattern, scientists found that about two-thirds of the planet's experience uh, ex- about two-thirds of the planet experiences perpetual daylight, uh, and the close proximity to the uh, to the star gravitationally locks it in place, meaning the same side always faces the star. Man, Talk about wow. 24 hours of daylight. So then the opposite side of the planet could be like relatively cold. Kind of. I would assume so. The scorching hot part of the planet reaches temperatures of over 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit. It's hot enough to not only melt rocks, but also vaporize them, creating a thin, inhospitable atmosphere. Our finding likely means that the atmosphere extends a little beyond the shore of the magma ocean, making it easier to spot with space telescopes. The rest of the planet is cloaked in never-ending darkness, reaching frigid temperatures of negative 328 degrees Fahrenheit. So you were right. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's Well, you, you might actually be able to live on that planet. If you get on the edge of daylight and so like the twilight area, 
on the planet, you could probably yeah, find a hospitable temperature. The temperature, but that's about all you'd find. I mean, you wouldn't have anything else. Oh, yeah. Well, depends. If there's carbon and water there, you might actually find a, a area that has life if you know, life is that common in the in the universe. Says here that uh, in Earth's water cycle, water evaporates, rises up into the atmosphere, condenses, and returns to the surface as rain. I think I learned that in the second grade. Now imagine that process, but instead of water, only has rocks to work with. Inhospitable, as I said. The sodium, <laughs> silicon monoxide, and silicon dioxide on the planet evaporate into a mineral vapor, which is carried to the dark side of the planet by supersonic winds that rage over 3,100 miles per hour. I don't think I'd be finding my next vacation home there, I can assure you. From there, rocks rain back down into the 60-mile-deep magma ocean, which flows to the bright side to restart the cycle. That's crazy. That is that, crazy. That is uh, definitely not a place you would want a vacation. No, not at all. But yeah, that's... Um, Man, that's just I thought that was fascinating to, to find that, you know, like I said, I, I've I've talked about, you know, we talk about all this space stuff. I've talked about how we can find out amazing things about these distant worlds like that. We can learn so much about them without even actually going there with the technology we have. And we can't balance a checkbook. It's yeah, fascinating. True. It's fascinating. I don't know what's yeah. the bigger the bigger enigma here. You, you mentioned telescopes there and there was something that was brought to my attention that I, I hadn't thought about. But, um, you know, some of our telescopes are. Uh, they use radio waves and uh, they can detect things like gamma waves and uh, along with radio waves and so on and so forth. By having the 4G network on the moon, that's actually going to cause interference for those telescopes. I didn't even think about that. You know, I also had something else about uh, about space, if I can find it. Yeah, this is it. And I thought, speaking of the moon, since you brought it up. So moon patrols could be a future reality for the Space Force. Moon patrols. Yep. Yep. And so we're going to have we're going to carry our hostilities now to uh, beyond the uh, the uh, the biosphere here. Is that how it's going to work? So I imagine because the moon is so close to the Earth, I, I imagine that's going to be considered more or less by governments. It's going to be Earth, right? They're going to consider it kind of like Earth. So, yeah, it, I, I could see Space Force being there uh, with the hostilities, hostilities towards China, Russia, uh, North Korea, Iran, you know, uh, as hostile as everybody is towards each other right now. If they start going to space and they colonize the moon, you're going to have to have somebody policing on the moon uh, because it, if they, for example, if they set up multiple colonies on the moon, uh, and let's say we have our colony, the Russians have theirs, Chinese have theirs, or what have you. What happens if one of them tries to sabotage the other? Or, uh -huh. you know, I mean, so you're going to have to have somebody there keeping the peace. So it, it it's inevitable. And then if you have one colony, you're still going to have to have a police force there because then that means you're going to have, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be, um, you, you could have uh, troublemakers from any nation there. So... Yeah, definitely. I could I could see it happening. It's going to happen eventually anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it says here that the Pentagon made its interest in deep space or made its uh, made known its interest. Uh, yeah. The Pentagon made known its interest in deep space in spring of 2019 when the director of the Space Development Agency, Fred Kennedy, revealed that the tracking that tracking objects in the lunar sphere was on the agency's priority list. The CIA is going to, going to take over the moon. That's funny. That's funny. A conspiracy theorist would run wild with that. A key development last month was announced by the Air Force Research Laboratory's Space Vehicles doc, uh, Directorate that it will embark on an experiment to investigate technologies to monitor cis-lunar space. Wait, it, what lunar space? 
Cislunar Space, C-I-S-L-U-N-A-R, Cislunar Space, says it's okay. a brave new world for the DOD to embark on. I think the DOD runs just about damn everything. Uh, said Captain David Bueller, manager of the AFRL re- uh, experiment named CHPS, the Cislunar Highway Patrol System. Okay, so Cis, okay, so just... I, I had to look that up because it at first I was like, are they wait, are they declaring a gender for the moon now? What? Uh, but uh, cislunar means it's Latin. Um, I actually had not heard this term before. Uh, it's a note on me. Yeah, literal translation is is on the side of the moon. But generally, it's referring to uh, the space between Earth and the moon, the orbit of both Earth and moon, and, um, well, really the moon surface as well. So basically, from Earth to the moon, that's what it's referencing, that, that distance there. And Earth and the moon are both included. Or, yeah, the orbit of Earth and the moon is included. It's a fascinating topic, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about it the coming days so we are going to have to go this morning though so thank you for sitting down this morning Bruce and thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more please check us out later on this afternoon and I hope everyone has a great morning